second to make sure Audacity doesn't fuck up as it often does. Doesn't look like it so far. We'll see. Hey. Um, okay, yep, so just from the top. Um, uh, spoilers for Spider-Man. Yeah, spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. And we're not even going to start off with fake spoilers, so turn it off now before I say Aunt May dies in this one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Also, Andrew Garfield is a fucking liar. He's been lying for months. He, in saying that he's not in this movie, he's absolutely in this movie in a he's, he's, part that is big enough that he could not have mistaken it for anything else. He's not even a very good liar. Yeah. Like, d- did you see like some of the interviews where he denied it? <laughs> like, I, I didn't you're an see actor. the. I just read like the transcripts of the interviews, and some of those, you know, it sounded like the kind of thing you would say if you're genuinely not in the movie and want people to stop asking you about it because you know they're just going to get pissed off at you when they watch the movie and you're not in it. But he's in it. He just, he just lied completely. Not even like, oh, I don't know, I got to see the movie. Oh, I can't talk about that. Like, no. No, he's just like, no, I'm not in it. Fuck off. Stop getting your hopes up for me being in the movie. I'm not in the movie. Yeah, Sony and Marvel did, like, a whole campaign to try to keep it under wraps about exactly how much it would be in the movie. Yeah, but I think, honestly, I think the campaign hurt my enjoyment of the movie because, like, I mean, what... What is really gained from this being a complete surprise to the point that you have to lie and say it's not in it so people can be surprised that it actually is in it and you lied about it? Um, it's like it it came out from under wraps. Just accept it. It's too late, Sony and Disney and Kevin Feige and every and whoever else was in charge of saying, hey, no, we really, really need. People not to know that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back in this movie that their villains have been confirmed to return in. Because if people know that, they won't see the movie and we won't make our billion dollars. Because the movie is too terrible to withstand that kind of, you know... It's like, if the movie's good enough, you don't need to lie to everyone to get them to come to the theater to come see the thing you said wasn't in it. Like, just... Either say nothing, or... You know, if the spoilers come out, just, you know, admit it. I don't know. I'd rather they say nothing than try to deny it only for it to turn around. It it, it feels shitty. It kind of feels like when Star Trek Into Darkness came out and they were like, so we're, we're bringing back a classic villain. And everyone said, oh, is it Khan? And I said, no, it's not Khan. <laughs> and, and it was Khan. It was, I mean, and that movie, granted, the movie sucked. So it also had that disappointed people but um hey guys hey guess what guys the arkham knight is totally an original character that you've never yeah, seen that's, before that's another one yeah where <laughs> where people figure out the thing they're gonna do and then they just lie about it up until the release it makes it not feel like a surprise so much as a oh the studio are fucking shitheads because you know everybody knew that this was gonna happen um i I mean, in the context of the movie itself, it works. It's just in this moment in time of, you know, the year building up to the movie, um, feels bad. Yeah, I I don't mind personally because, like, I I heard the reaction from the audience, um, and 
I feel like the vast majority of people will see that happen and just be hyped and enjoy it. Mm. So yeah, at like least they, one guy in my theater was very excited that Charlie Cox returned as Daredevil for one scene and then never came back. I was excited for that. I love that version of Daredevil. Mm. I mean, I'd heard that that was a cameo that was going to happen. They didn't deny that one quite as hard, but they just kind of brushed it under the rug, so I didn't know if it would actually happen or not. See, like, this is this is the benefit of me, like, barely paying attention mm. um, <laughs> to, like, press releases on all these movies, mm. is that I never heard a goddamn thing about Daredevil, <laughs> mm. so seeing, seeing Matt Murdock show up was pretty cool yeah no i went even, head first into spoilers e- because why not even I, though i have a nit- I, I have a nitpick about his inclusion and that is that he like he caught a brick that was flying through the window when he knew he didn't have to because it was flying at spider-man <laughs> mm. yeah but i mean it's, and, it's to be polite you don't want him don't want your client to get <coughs> the brick while you're there when yeah. you can do something about it because that's responsibility, Peter. That, that's what responsibility looks like, is you catch that brick instead of letting it hit your friend. <laughs> also, um, I want a Daredevil Spider-Man team up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. Um, have you been watching the Hawkeye show? No, not yet. Okay. I, I've heard it's done, so yeah. I might, the last I might finally of... watch it and Loki. <laughs> uh, do you not want spoilers? It, it's not no, a huge I already know. Okay. Yeah, the Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio from the Daredevil show, is the final villain in the Darede- er, in, in the, the Hawkeye show. They kind of build up to him over time. He, he shows up in person in the last episode and um, seemingly gets shot in the head off screen. So it seems like they brought him back just to kill him, but then maybe changed their mind at the last minute, so they left it ambiguous enough that they could undo that, but as from what it seems right now, it seems like they brought Kingpin back and shot him in the head, and now he's gone. Again. I don't think that's gonna stick. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it feels like, like <clears throat> aside from No Way Home, anytime they've brought back a character from some other thing, it, it's just been you know like, like Quicksilver in Wandavision. They brought him back as <laughs> a joke cameo, say. and then you know revealed he's not actually that Quicksilver. And you know, and yeah, I, and I guess like Agents of Shield had been pretty much decanonized anyway, but um, the Hawkeye show kind of cements that because it's revealed kind of. In a way that I, as someone who doesn't know that much about the characters, didn't recognize, but I read about it later. Um, Hawkeye gives his wife uh, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watch uh, that has the number 19 on it, which he says is like her old watch or her old number or something. And that's supposed to indicate that she's Mockingbird, who is a character who is played by a completely different person in the Agent show that, um, yeah, I mean, it, it basically had been omitted anyway so yeah they're just you know bringing that character back in a different form now yeah i don't i don't know much about agents of shield because i watched like the first two episodes mm. when it was airing and realized and it was bad again. and stopped <laughs> yeah. yeah like 
oh, I don't care about this. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> because I sat, it's just some random people. Yeah, I sat through the first two seasons like a dumbass before <laughs> deciding I just didn't have time for this because yeah. it's like it it's TV show quality writing and stakes and you know the like the it feels like the little sibling trying to get involved in everything that yeah. uh, is going on pretending they're part of the thing and they're, they're not yep and then Netflix Daredevil comes in and like just absolutely blows it out of the water and we never have to care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again yeah like the Netflix stuff also acted like it's in the MCU while the MCU ignored it but at least it has enough quality to the production that it feels like they could decide to go back and yeah. say actually yes it did happen and I, it would fit i haven't actually watched any of that except for daredevil season one and two mm. um so i can't speak to the quality of that either because i i know there it fluctuates <laughs> yeah i mean jessica jones was good but pretty heavy um i watched part of luke cage and couldn't really get into it and then i you know wasn't I didn't have Netflix anymore by the time uh, Iron Fist and Defenders and Daredevil season three came out. Yeah, <clears throat> I I honestly forgot there was a Daredevil season three because by the time it came out, nobody really talked about it. Yeah, I, I have no idea what happened since season three. I heard more people talk about the Punisher spinoff that I guess was okay. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If I ever watched those, first of all, it'd be like 51-hour episodes or whatever. Mm. Um, and second of all, I'd probably have to wa watch them all in order. <laughs> and that that sounds like something I wouldn't want to do. Yeah, and you'd have to find out why everyone hates Iron Fist. Yeah. Apparently uh, the action scenes suck. Yeah. Okay. But so it's it's more than that. We're ten minutes in. Should we get back to Spider Man? Or uh... no? <laughs> Let, let's just shit on every Marvel thing that isn't Spider Man. Because okay. I also in the last <laughs> I've been flooded with movies in the last two weeks. So other movies I have on my list. Let's see. Uh, there is a cute but kind of dumb animated movie called Ron's Gone Wrong that I decided to watch because it showed up on Disney Plus one day. Um. And then, uh, let's see, Spider-Man, um, James Bond, No Time to Die. Uh, spoilers for that, he actually has plenty of time to die, because it's two and a half hours and he dies. So, um, <laughs> let's see, the Hawkeye show, uh, we already said everything that needs to be said about that. It, it's fine, it's a fun enough action Christmas adventure. Um, oh Matrix 4 came out, um new disney movie encanto which jasu over in the media box absolutely loves and i thought it was fine yeah i mean it feels a lot like a, a lot of modern disney movies um i i heard the themes of that are something that would probably crush me so um, I'm, it de depends I'm probably not gonna watch it i mean it depends how heavily you get into uh, let's see basically okay Encanto, because I can do Encanto thoughts in like less than 10 minutes, probably. Um, sure. It's okay, so it's basically like a princess movie, except there's no royalty. Um, it's 
So th there was this woman who ends up becoming the grandmother of the, the family in the present, but it starts with her in flashback, um, that her husband sacrificed himself to fend off a bunch of soldiers who were chasing them and a bunch of other, you know, fleeing villagers. They're, they're all in Colombia and it's uh, unstable for reasons they don't get into. Um, but she, in her grief ignites a magic candle that gives her and all of her like family members and future descendants magic powers um so and then you know the they and the villagers all go off and find a safe place in the woods to build a new village and she's got like a big mansion and so by present day she's the grandmother there's two more generations with you know, siblings and aunts and uncles and cousins and all these people living in this big house. And they do, a, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a little clunky where, at, like at the start of the movie, the main character her name is Maribel. And she's approached by these three kids who are begging her to do an exposition song explaining every member of her family and what their magic powers are. So she does an exposition song and explains all the magic powers that all of her siblings have. And they keep asking her, like, well, what's your powers? And she just dances around the question. I mean, I think she should have just lied and said her power was singing. Because the thing with her, she... When they did, when, when when the people in this family reach a certain age, the the house, which is also magic and alive, um, it doesn't talk. It does just like you know, it'll like flap its windows to indicate that it's you know communicating to someone. I guess the house will create a door for that family member, and when they touch the doorknob, their magic powers kick in, and then beyond the door, they have a room which can be kind of like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. It, it's as big as it needs to be. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so when she did her ceremony, which they flash back and show, uh, the door just disappeared, and she didn't get any powers. Um, and so people kind of worry that maybe the magic is fading. Um, but then her young cousin... He gets his ceremony, and he touches the door, and he gets the power to speak to animals, and he gets a room that's like a jungle full of animals. So, Grandma's relieved that the magic's not faded. Maribel feels extra bad, because she didn't get powers, so, you know, what's wrong with her? Why isn't she as talented as everybody else? Um, but she's also, like, the most empathetic person in the family, and that's kind of her power, is that she, you know, can, like, encourage other members of the family to do their she got the heart captain planet ring yeah pretty much um but yeah so like is i guess yeah over the course of the movie people yeah you know, she's like talking to her siblings their powers either start like weakening or changing and she keeps seeing these like cracks forming in the house which are like a very heavy visual metaphor of the like, discord within the family um, and, um, and there's this one like, cousin named Bruno who had the power of, like, foresight, but he kept foreseeing bad things, so everybody blamed him for creating the bad things, so he ran away from the family and has been living in the walls ever since and patching up these cracks whenever they pop up, because the, the cracks just keep popping up in the house when people get into arguments or whatever. Um, huh. and... So it ends up getting bad, you know, there's enough, like, arguing between, mostly between Maribel and the grandmother that, 
the whole house collapses and um, and then the whole village comes together and rebuilds the house and Maribel is magic enough to bring the house back to life um, but yeah so that there's like there there is kind of a theme to it of her feeling like she's not good enough or that people f- act like she's not as good as everyone like she she I don't know there, there's yeah I guess that there's like this like some of the songs and characters have um, you know like pressure and responsibility are like concerns for them um, so I guess that's where it can feel a bit too real if you're not snarking your way through the movie like I was. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I thought it, you know, it was fine. It's a fun movie. It doesn't really have a villain to it. It's just you know, you know issues with family members and the expectations they put on each other. The villain is drama. Yeah. Yeah. The villain is perfectionism. The, the villain was you all along. Yeah, it was inside you all along. You can't escape it. <laughs> Hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was Encanto. Uh, did I see... Uh, and then, for Christmas, I ended up getting a couple discs of original Dragon Ball. I've watched one, so that's like the first seven episodes of Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah th- there's more to that show than I thought there was. Oh yeah, there's a... It's very long. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of plots and characters and stuff that all yeah kind of look familiar from everything I've seen from Z <clears throat> and Super and GT. Yeah, they bring back a lot of characters. Mm. Um, the, the, and also, it it started out as like a, a gag manga. Mm. So, you know, like, they kind of just like brought in whatever would be funny at first. Mm. So, there's, like, a lot of different, you know, settings and characters. Yeah, the plot of one of the episodes was pretty much ripped off for GT. Because they do the (laughs) thing with, uh, I think it was Oolong, was, like, uh, wanting to, like, forcibly marry someone's kid. Um, And so they dress up Goku as a girl to, you know, trick him. And they, they did that again in GT, except it was Trunks that time. Yeah, that that's a that's definitely a journey to the West uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I think in the last two weeks mm. is probably also when I watched um, uh, Stephen Chow, the guy who did uh, Kung Fu Hustle, did a Journey to the right. West movie, and I watched it, and it was pretty yeah. fun. I I saw that um, a while ago. I don't remember much specifically about it. Mm. Because, like, it's not... I don't know. There wasn't as much for me to hang on to, um, like, memory-wise. Mm. But I do remember enjoying it. Yeah, like, the first one is, I guess, like, a prequel to the <clears throat> Journey to the West story. It's about the monk, you know, like, uh, meeting, you know, the like, the pig and the ape and the, the demons who will become his traveling companions in the journey um and also this one woman who does like all the work and then dies at the end and you feel sad about it (laughs) um does journey to the west ever actually end or is it 
Just like tales that go on forever. No, I, I think it has an ending. I mean, I, I only I read like a summary of it, but Cause yeah, because like I know I know a handful of stories from it, mm. but like I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, like he, like the monk and the three uh, animal, demon, inhuman form people companions travel. I assume to the west to India and then travel back and by the end of it the monk reaches his state of enlightenment and because I was reading like a thing about like why is the monkey king so popular because in that journey to the west movie the monkey king is just a douchebag but uh, he's Jack Sparrow yeah the, he he is I guess relatable yeah. in that he's like a rebellious character who gets fucked over all the time and he's people Han Solo. just feel like that yeah yeah he's the bad he, boy character he's every like roguish side character um that people latch on to from every popular movie in the past 100 years except um it was made what 400 years ago yeah i think it was like 15 or 1600s yeah so yeah that that's your that's your bad boy side character that everybody loves. Yep. And that's the one that Goku <clears throat> is loosely based on because Goku canonically has brain damage and that's. Uh... Yep, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that was one of the nice things about Kai. That, like, I, th I, I thought about skipping the first disc of Kai because I've seen, like, the first arc of Z. But the first episode has, like, parts from the Bardock episode and. Just things that contextualize, you know, like some of the revelations from later that, like, Goku was discovered as a kid and he was angry and violent and then dropped on his head and that's why he's so nice and gentle now that he's, you know, got brain damage. Um, so he's not <laughs> as violent as the other Saiyans. Yeah. One one thing I don't like about um, what happens with Dragon Ball Z is that, like, a lot of goku's character traits they just say oh that's a saiyan thing mm. like i like i get doing that with like the fact that he eats a lot <laughs> and the fact the fact that he gets more powerful mm. like as oh. he as he fights yeah yeah after you're expending that much energy they want to eat a lot yeah but like not i, I don't, I don't want to get into it mm. let's <laughs> let's continue it's a whole thing uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Dragon Ball is awesome. I I hope you finish it. Mm. I mean, the, yeah, there's so much of it. I'd have to, you know, go yeah track down like the Blu-rays or something. So did did you finish the Pilaf saga? Nope. I I watched the first seven episodes. So there's six okay. more episodes. I've seen the so episode might... titles, so I know that like he becomes a big monkey by the end of it. But. Yeah. It it is it still feels crazy every time I see the part where Piccolo blows up the moon to stop Goku or Gohan from becoming a big monkey cuz holy uh -huh. shit he blew up the whole moon. <laughs> it's just like, "Oh, the moon's turning him into that." Okay, boom, no moon. <laughs> Fuck the tides. You Um would you believe me if I told you that that is not the first time the moon has blown up? Yeah, in I'm sure it happens in regular Dragon Ball at least <laughs> once or twice. 
<laughs> you'll see. Just keep watching. Mm. Does anybody you'll, use you'll... a Yu-Gi-Oh card to stab the moon to shut off the tide so they can fight all the water monsters? <laughs> Uh, I fucking love like early Yu-Gi-Oh before like the card game had rules. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, finish the peel off sock. I think you're like halfway through. Yeah, you probably met Yam. You met Yamcha, right? Yep, yep, Yamcha's around when he's not. When he, like he's still a joke character, but not like yeah. When he's supposed to be a semi-serious threat as a bandit, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't last long either. Yeah, yeah. He's not just constant punchline. Yeah. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> just wait till the the second tournament arc. <laughs> mm. God, Yamcha. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what happened. Mm. It, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll get there anyway. eventually. Who knows? Yeah, I I hope so because like Dragon Ball is probably the best show overall. Like it's the most consistent, I'd say. Because mm. like you know, Dragon Ball Z. It's it's really good, but I, I feel like it kind of just gets worse as it goes. Mm. Like, you know, Saiyan Saga is really good. Namek is, is really good, but the pace slows to a crawl, and it kind of kind of kills the like epic climactic battle between Goku and Frieza. Mm. Um, maybe Kai fixes that. I've heard it does, but anyway. Um... And then, like, Cell is really cool, but there's a lot of dumb stuff in it. Mm. Um, and then Boo is entertaining, but it's dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bo, Boo is just all the, the Gotenk stuff. Yeah, like, Boo has so many, like, subplots that just pop up and waste time and go nowhere. Mm. Like even more than Cell, because like it at least with Cell, every time somebody powers up, like they fight Cell and then they're about to win, and then some bullshit happens, and then they lose, mm. and then Cell powers up, and then somebody else comes. Like there's a there's a flow to it that works, but with with Boo, it's just like, oh, here's this new fighter, and they're gonna fight Boo. Oh no, wait, they lost. Mm. Uh, um yeah oh go on drop the earring he was throwing i guess he's eaten now oh, i fucking hate what they do to go huh like <laughs> like the the end of cell is like the best part of in the whole show mm. um and then oh oh he gets his super magic bullshit power up <laughs> and then, then he, lo- he like he gets in a fight and he kicks ass and then he loses Almost immediately after dropping a fucking earring. Yeah, like, yeah the sword didn't you, do anything. You, like, you, you can fly around the earth in like five seconds, and you're telling me you don't have the reflexes to catch an <laughs> earring. No. You, I'm pretty sure he played baseball. 
<laughs> in like the Saiyan Man arc before like Boo even showed up. Mm. Like he, he, I'm pretty sure he played a game of baseball, mm. but he can't he can't catch a fucking earring that was thrown to him. Yeah. Also, why why are these like mystical earrings that are like part of a god's uniform? <laughs> Like, just so easy to shatter. Mm. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all just just go with it kind of storylines. Yeah. It's because they wanted to give Vegeta something to do. Mm. Even though, like, at that point he was way less powerful than Goku. Mm. But he had a character arc moment so anyway um yeah okay so yeah because this... <laughs> this is the spider-man episode not the dragon ball z episode yeah okay so should we get into spider-man then i don't know maybe did you have anything to say about the matrix um okay so i guess quick thoughts on the matrix it's it's better than the sequels it's not as good as the first one it a lot for the, the first half i thought i was gonna hate it because there's a lot of stuff where they're like like even i guess even in the later parts there's there's a lot of parts where they like cut to clips from the original movie and it makes it feel like a made for tv sequel like they didn't have the budget so they just they, they keep like hey remember this thing and then they cut to a clip of it from the original movie um to like illustrate the parallels or whatever because yeah i'm i'm kind of over self-referential um movies mm. cut to spider-man no way home yeah i mean i feel like okay i should probably do a quick plot sum up just to contextualize everything so the first part of the movie is um i mean it, it starts off they do basically the same opening as matrix one except for different <coughs> people playing the parts um, because it turns out Neo is back in the Matrix, back to thinking he's Thomas Anderson, and th this time he is a game developer working for a big company who had previously made a trilogy of games called The Matrix that were the plots of the first three movies. Um, and so this opening scene is a test program that he is running within the game recreating the intro to the first game slash movie um except it's been infiltrated by a actual human on the outside the the blue-haired girl i don't remember her name um and it might be a them i'm not sure about gender there's a lot of you know uh queer gender identity stuff going on in this universe but um, i wonder why they do get more explicit with it in this one which is good because it was vague enough in the original trilogy that um you know red pill has come to mean something completely different <laughs> from uh anything that, with gender identity online yeah. it's just will... red pill in the original trilogy just means awakening to a secret truth and it is so vague that anybody who thinks they have a secret truth that people will awaken to can say it yeah like that this is like how like this is how like creators of um like squid game could say oh yeah it's about like shitty capitalism mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and people online will say, oh, no, it's about shady communism. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, okay, so... So, yeah, so a hacker person um, is sneaks into this program within the program that Neo's made where he has the person playing Agent Smith kind of looks and acts like Morpheus. Um, so she liberates that Agent Smith program um, because he's... It basically, the, the reason they don't have Lawrence Fishburne playing Morpheus in this movie is that the new Morpheus is a program that Neo created kind of subconsciously to be a person to awaken him to the fact that he's back in the Matrix. Um, so yeah, so they, they liberate this program, Morpheus Smith, um, and later on we find out that what basically what happened at the end of the third one, it didn't destroy the Matrix, you know, I mean, even in the movie they showed the Matrix is still going. Um, it didn't change how the machines use people for batteries, um, but they ended up building a new city because Zion was wrecked. They built one called Io, and um, there are some peaceful machines living there, and also programs can walk around in the real world by using these, like, floating metal marble things that will, you know, form into the shape of a person however they want it to look. So this huh. Morpheus program guy will sometimes show up in the real world scenes in this form and at one point that like Neo's locked up and he just sneaks through some pipes because he can he, he's almost like a person made out of liquid and he can just squish his way up the pipes and come back down. Um, oh yeah, Terminator crossover. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Terminator, except instead of liquid, it's just a bunch of beads that all form together into a person. So, um, if, are you saying that if they wanted to, they could turn into a liquid snake? Yeah. Okay. And it may be a solid, I mean, a semi-solid snake. Who knows what the solidus is, though? Um, I was about to say, what about a solidus snake? <laughs> yeah, nobody knows what a solidus is. It should have had gas snake. Can can they turn into a revolver ocelot? <laughs> no, there there are no ocelots in this movie, um, but there are guns. So yeah, so but Neo Jay, wait, is... wait, I I have one more question. Yep. Do you think love can bloom even on a battlefield? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway um yeah so neo is stuck in this uh matrix where he thinks the matrix is a thing that he created and trinity is also there except her name is tiffany and she doesn't remember except for like occasional dream flashes because both her and neo are eating so many blue pills that it's just like keeping them you know subdued um but yeah, they're, they're both in the simulation. The hacker people convince Neo that he's in simulation. They break him out, take him to the new city. He says he wants to get Trinity <clears throat> back. And they find out that the machine... It might have been after. Uh, order doesn't matter. I'm just summarizing events. So Yeah, I got you. They go... Yeah, they, they end up... He goes back in to try to get Trinity. And then has finds out that the person who was his psychiatrist, played by Neil Patrick Harris, is actually the uh, the analyst, who's the person who took over control of the Matrix after the architect, 
you know, fucked everything up. <laughs> so the analyst has like a speech where he shits all over the architect for being an old guy who like doesn't understand how people work and the people work more on emotions and are willing to believe any crap you throw in front of them if you make them believe it than uh you know numbers and statistics and probabilities and all that crap um and so oh, no. he was using that to keep like he he's the one who decided to have neo and trinity's bodies rebuilt after they died um and he Brought them back in because he was, you know, curious about, like, how their powers and stuff worked. And found that, um, he couldn't have one without the other. He's got to have both for their powers to, you know, have any effect. But he can't let them come completely together because if they do, they just override the whole matrix and take over. So he had to, like, establish parameters to keep them at a distance so he's got tiffany married to a guy named chad and they've got two <laughs> kids and so that is like keeping her apart from neo this belief that this is her life and this is you know what she's supposed to do so it's um, like the the chad neo versus the virgin chad yeah yeah i'm i'm sorry i'm in a meme mood I mean, the the names are not subtle at all in this movie. The, the blue hacker person's name is Bugs because they're the new white rabbit that he's supposed to follow. Fucking WB. They they mention Warner Brothers by name because in in the first part where he is in you know, he's a developer in this game studio, um, they say that they're working for Warner Brothers. And that uh, Warner Brothers wants them to make a new game. And so they they do like a whole spitballing session trying to figure out like, well, what made the Matrix work? And there's just a lot of like self-referential, you know, self-analysis talking about, you know, what was great about the Matrix? What did people love about the Matrix? And, um, and you know, it's all these like flashback scenes and stuff. And, um, and also his boss ends up being like, the person who he was inspired to make Agent Smith because his boss was so overbearing, his boss was like modeled after Smith, but then his boss ends up being Smith, except Smith um, is played by this the actor playing the boss. They didn't get Hugo Weaving back, and that really hurt the movie because they tried to convince you that Smith is like a big credible threat, but it's a different actor and he just doesn't have the same like menace level that Hugo Weaving could do. Um, yeah, Hugo Weaving can like contort his face into some very like awful threatening looks. Yeah, this guy he does not have the look at all. He's got some of the mannerisms but not the look. Um yeah. But yeah, and the, there's also a part where they have like a big fight with Smith and uh Smith has brought in a bunch of other exiles, including the Merovingian, who is... He's got, like, a big beard and a mustache and covered in rags. He's, like, a... Looks like... Just, like, a homeless guy. And he's just, like, yelling and swearing about how he hates sequels and, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It, and, uh, you know, the, like, everything was better when he, him and his classy vampire programs whatever they were were <laughs> doing their party thing and now they're just all living in trash because neo wrecked everything um and yeah and the other exiles are just like a bunch of ninjas and vampires and ghosts and stuff um I, they have a big fight with them 
I love that you can say that with complete sincerity. Yeah, I mean, this, this movie has a lot of dumb stuff. It's, you know... But I think after they get over the whole... Um, you know, trying to figure out, like, what was the legacy of the Matrix and how does this relate to the Matrix and yada, all, all the self-referential crap. And they just get to... I mean, one, establishing how is any of this happening in the first place, which, you know, the villain speech kind of does that. And then from there, you know, it's just like, it's about Neo and Trinity getting back together is like the heart of the story, I guess. Um, I always said the Matrix was just a love story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then... um, I never said that. You didn't? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, because it's just like their their connection. Because the whole like the one thing isn't really as much of a thing in this. It's more. It's like you need Neo and Trinity together to have that level of power. And, yeah, you, um, you need the the one and the three. It's it's yeah. a whole it's a whole different Christian thing. Yeah. So they they um. I mean, they, they end up. They have like a confrontation where Neo makes a deal with the analyst that you know he'll convince Trinity to you know um, come back to his side because they've also got people on the outside who have found where her body is in the battery chamber thing, um, and so they're ready to let her out, but they need her mind to accept that the Matrix isn't real before they can do that. So they have a big you know, confrontation thing where he's trying to convince her that it's not real and she should, you know, be willing to leave the Matrix and her, you know, Chad family shows up and tries to keep her there. And, um, and yeah, she ends up after some, like, struggle and, you know, it's seeming like she's not going to, she does come over and then Smith comes in and takes control of all the programs and turns them all into basically zombies that are all just trying to kill Neo and Trinity. Um, and yeah, there's just like a really big action scene where they're, they, they try to fly, they find they can't fly. And so then they're just like running and like riding motorcycles and stuff through the streets as people are throwing themselves out of windows to try to hit them because Smith is just like swarm controlling all the people in the city. Nice. And, um, and he's got like people in helicopters with machine guns just trying to blow them up everywhere. Um, <clears throat> but eventually somehow I can't remember. They, they escape all that and stop Smith and then they come back to the slightly damaged Matrix after a bunch of stuff blew up from that big fight and tell the analysts that they're going to paint rainbows across the sky. Um, and <laughs> that, yeah, that they are now basically the two of them are in control of the Matrix and are free to make it a better reality than the machines made for people. And that's the end, and there's no plans for a fifth or sixth. This is not the start of a new trilogy, according to the director. So, so it, it, was, it was fun enough once it got over itself. Yeah, like, I I don't know if, like, the, if Deadpool was, like, the genesis of this, or just, like, one of the first ones to do it, but... 
I'm I mean, with, kinda, with Deadpool, kinda... it don't, Deadpool feels more like kind of like a Naked Gun kind of movie where they'll make jokes about the fact that it's a movie and the fact that other movies exist. Yeah. It It's not like a self-referential trying to figure out, you know... Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, like what? What was the impact of the thing we did twenty years ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which you know we're not going to talk about another movie that does that. Mm. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not one that brings back actors from twenty years ago either. Mm. Yeah. No, because we're going to talk about Ron's Gone Wrong, the cute robot movie <laughs> that. <laughs> Skewers, social media. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was fine. I mean, it was, it was cute. It's it, it made me realize how much I hate social media culture because that's like a lot of what the movie's about is these uh, kids get these robots, the, these cute little like iPod looking robots. The they're like white eggs, and they can change their you know the the whole body's like a screen, so they can change personalize it to people make it look like them they were designed by the the this this like two ceos of this company one of them is the the brilliant inventor guy who has a vision to make the world better and the other one is the greedy asshole who wants to make money off of all this so the one with the vision made these robot things because he wanted to make the perfect best friend for everyone and it's this robot that you know connects to the network and look you know you give it access to all your social media accounts and it learns everything about you and uses that to become your best friend who you can take selfies with and share the pictures to everyone else to show them how much fun you're having with your robot best friend um and then the the main kid his name's barney and he is so poor that he can't afford his family can't afford one of these robots for his birthday is so, he so poor he can't even afford to pay attention i guess i don't know if that comes up <laughs> specifically but, <laughs> but yeah so, so his his widowed dad ends up going to um the store where they sell these robot things and finds a guy who's offloading one from a truck that just sells it to him straight out of the truck it's a damaged one that fell off the truck so it's a it, it, it can't connect to the network and it's kind of an idiot and he has to teach it about friendship as it does shenanigans and stuff and it's twilight uh, sparkle yeah and they have just you know like they become friends and then there's like complications that come up because his robot doesn't have all the safety protocols because it's busted so other robots start unlocking their safety protocols and and things get a little violent and uh and then he ends up lost in the woods with his best friend robot with no way to charge it so it shuts down and there's another sad low point and th there's like multiple points where the movie hits like the emotional low point before it picks back up um and then in the end, Ron ends up plugging himself into the server to upload his code for friendship, um, because the that you know the developer who wanted the code for friendship sees this robot and he's like, oh, that's what I was trying to build, not this you know corporate synergistic piece of crap that ended up being the final product that everybody's got that our other CEO absolutely adores because it makes money. Um, so yeah, so they plug Ron into the server, and Ron dies uploading his code, 
like uh, Legion in Mass Effect 3 nice. into all the other robots so they can all <clears throat> have the Ron code. And, um, yeah. I don't know. It It's cute enough. It, it, it does a lot of stuff with the idea of how social media culture is ruining the world. Um, but, whatever. Jade, have you considered... You know what? I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, we should move on to the movie we're actually talking about this week. No time to die. <laughs> the one where James no. Bond gets infected with a nanomachine virus that kills the agents of Spectre because it's basically Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it, hey, Jay, it's actually, I got a it's, question. It's pretty great. <laughs> I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Left Behind on a battlefield? I mean, look, if, if Bond can have a daughter and end the movie holding his daughter's plush rabbit while missiles rain down on him because he doesn't want to infect his family with this deadly nanovirus, uh, then yeah, I, I guess that means love can bloom in a battlefield. <sighs> That's how Bond dies. He's, yeah. What he is has happening? a daughter, and then he gets infected with some nano machines that will kill his family, and so he chooses to die when they rain missiles down on the nanomachine complex. So what What if the nanomachines became his actual family, and that way he can have a nanomachine son? No, no, th these movies aren't progressive enough to have machines be family. It, it can only be people. Machines are tools to destroy and kill. Yeah, well... It is based on the Matrix, after all. <laughs> mm. Although the yeah. Ma I mean, Matrix Four had machines that are friends. They they've got like a couple of the Octobots, and I can't remember. They had like cute names for them. I think one of them was like Octavius or something. Nice. I love I love that. I genuinely love that. Yeah. And thankfully, those robots don't die by the end, from what I remember. So they oh. don't kill the cute things. Like cool. most action movies do. Yeah. Hollywood needs to learn to embrace more cute things. Mm. Yeah, no, killing them is just easy drama points. Yeah. Like Doo Doo the plush rabbit who kill gets killed by missiles with Bond. I feel more bad for the rabbit than I do for Bond. Bond's in <laughs> plenty of movies, he's fine. <laughs> But the, yeah. the rabbit, I mean, it's like a five-year-old girl's rabbit and they blow it up. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she can live without a father, but the rabbit. <laughs> yeah, she has. she's had to live without a father because he abandoned his family for their entire <laughs> lives. And so she just showed up for this one day where they decided to go check out the nanomachine compound. Like, <laughs> she has not known him her, her entire life. <laughs> Like Doo Doo the Rabbit was a better father than Bond ever was. Yeah, at least she at least at least they were there. That mm. that remind have uh so this was a thing that was popular like a few years ago, but then got wiped off the internet. Uh, did you do you remember Pokemon Uranium? It sounds familiar. It it was a really popular like um I think Generation 3 Pokemon ROM hack okay. that, um, or mod or, or whatever. But anyway, mm. 
um, the the gimmick was that there were nuclear Pokemon, um, and in the in the story, like it, it just reminded me in the story, your dad's a Pokemon Ranger and he's he like hasn't seen you in ten years, mm. and you just find him out and he's like, oh hey, oh hey son or daughter, mm. <laughs> I, I'm I don't know that just. Yeah, I mean, I feel like nuclear Pokemon would just be poison type. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing with, like, Grimer and um, coughing, right? Like, they're, they're like, industrial waste. So. Mm. Sometimes rainbow-colored. Yeah. Like an oil I, spill. It's gonna suck when I have to play Sun and Moon again, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Yeah, by the time you get to Gen 7, you won't care at all. Yeah, but it, at least Sword and Shield has the wild area, so... Mm. like, So I, you have that I, to look forward to next November. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably get there before then. I can't imagine like the, the first few games are going to take all that long to beat. Mm. It's when I get to like Gen 4 and 5, because like, that's got... That's got, um, oh, what are they? Diamond and Pearl, and it's got the Gen Two remakes, and it's got. Oh, yeah. Well, the Black yeah the remakes Black start off and... in Gen Three because you'd have Ruby Sapphire, Emerald, and then Fire Red, Leaf Green. That's true, but I've played I've played those. Is the thing? Mm. Like I've played those relatively recently, except for Gen Three, which I started to play. Like a few years ago, and and I, like I got to the I got to Victory Road, <laughs> and I just stopped mm. because I I think my team wasn't that good, and I kind of just like muscled my way through, and I was like I don't I don't want to do this anymore, mm. which bodes well for the whole Pokemon thing I'm gonna do in 2022. Mm. <laughs> I can't even finish one game. Yeah, I'll just have to track the madness as it goes on. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if I'm I don't I don't know how I'm gonna like convey the information of the thing I'm doing. Like if I'm just gonna say it on the podcast or like make a a Discord thread or a completely new Discord mm. thing. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> yeah. Also, if there's background noise in my audio that I can't get rid of, it's because I think the neighbors are using a snowblower because it snowed last night oh god it's like 70 degrees here mm. why do why do people live here i don't know okay yeah we did it yep assuming we're, we're my back computer up. doesn't crash again um because yeah i went Hopefully we got the whole... I sang the Spider-Man pizza theme. <laughs> mm, the one that I will probably put... If if it doesn't... I, I guess I'll have to put it in there, because we're basically starting over speaking at this point, so it's it's not going to flow from wherever it cut off into this. So yeah, there's probably a pizza... Maybe, I don't know, I'll try to make like a seasonal Christmas version of the pizza theme, if that's a thing I can figure out how to do. Um, I, I bet... I bet someone made one already. We can steal from hmm. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Okay, so otherwise, I, in my computer rebooting, I don't have my notes document up that said what other things I watched. So I guess we'll just have to talk about Spider-Man. No, but that was so fun not talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> mm. I mean, I think we covered everything anyway, except yeah. for I got WarioWare for Switch for Christmas, and it's fine. I, it's WarioWare. I've been, it's lots of minigames. I've been playing Mario Odyssey, and mm. it's still the best 3D Mario game. And mm. if you don't agree, um, then you can take your opinion and cherish it because it is valid (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like when i think of 3d mario games 64 is still the first one that comes to mind but whenever i go back and play 64 the first you know everything up to the first bowser is fun and the ghost house is kind of fun but a lot of those later levels aren't fun yeah like the clock isn't fun the mushrooms around the mountain isn't fun. The the big and small world isn't a cool gimmick, but it's a pain in the ass anytime you're trying to get a star out of that level. Yeah, it, um, it's like the the later levels aren't fun. They're just challenging. Yeah, which, which is good in its own way, but yeah, yeah. So it's like it's fun up to Bowser in the Dark World, and then occasionally after those parts that are fun, but. I like the um the the rainbow carpet um one. Like that's mm. challenging, but I also just really like the way it looks. Mm. The um rainbow ride was it? Ah, that might have been it. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I know it was a names. Smash Brothers level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the ship, and then. There's a platforming section, and then Donkey Kong always falls off because his hitbox is too big. Mm. Um, anyway, <laughs> I mean yeah, Donkey so, Kong and Smash. <laughs> so, Spooderman. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yep. So, the, the big reveal in this movie is that um, Norman Osborn is something of a scientist himself. Yep. <laughs> he, he has been recanonized as something of a scientist. <laughs> He also confirms that there is no other Norman Osborn in this universe. I guess if there is, there is no Oscorp, at least. Yeah. So. Yep, it's just this one. Yep. Um, actually, that reminds me of this memes popping up now, because um, Magic the Gathering just revealed a new legendary creature who gives all your other creatures ninjutsu for two blue-black, <laughs> which means that if you... If you attack and aren't blocked, you can bounce that thing back to your hand and pay two blue-black and play any creature from your hand. So there's some insane, cre- like, Emrakul. People are making memes of Emrakul as Norman Osborn saying, I'm something of a ninja myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're just going to drop in this 15-drop, 15-15 giant space squid for four mana off of its ninjutsu cost. <laughs> What ninja? Or, it's a or ninja also Blightsteel Colossus is an 11-11 that does infect damage, and if you do 10 infect to someone, they die. So you can swing a 1-1 that has, this creature cannot be blocked, and in response to it not being blocked, you pay 4 mana and you drop in a Blightsteel and kill the person. <laughs> it, so, memes, <sighs> uh, Blightsteel is something of a ninja himself. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just let's just talk about like uh, all the meme references in yeah. No Way Home. Well, yeah, let's start with that. 
Um, My back. <laughs> just leading up to the final fight, Toby Maguire is like, "My back, it still hurts." <laughs> he gets Andrew Garfield to crack his back. Mm. Also, uh, it was funny when Toby when Ned is talking to Toby, like, "Hey, did you have a best friend?" He's like, "Yeah, he died in my arms <laughs> <laughs> after you tried to kill me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yep, that's that's Spider-Man in his grim life. It's like it, it's the it's the same thing with with Andrew's um, Peter, but mm. did did Harry die? I assume he did. I don't remember. That movie sucked. Uh no, but, he was he was um imprisoned, and I don't think he was cured of his goblinitis. So, so. He, he just died a slow death. <laughs> yeah, like he was. Locked up, I think, in the same prison where Norman's frozen head and all the uh, suits for the Sinister Six were sitting. Um, speaking of Sinister Six, they came so close. They, they yeah. were so, so close to doing Sinister Six. I'm and glad they did. they just needed didn't. to put in one more villain, and they couldn't do that. I'm so glad that they didn't. Yeah. I I just my my Sinister Six dreams are shattered forever. I hate I hate the idea of them like setting up like f- like five different villains <laughs> over mm. the course of the first two movies, and then just bringing in like a bunch of characters from the old movies t- to do a Sinister Six. Yeah, that's, but the, that's such you, a cop out. I mean, yeah, that would suck. But also, it's like you brought back five villains from the previous vil- movies, two of which don't even feel like they belong there like sandman and no lizard didn't die sandman doesn't even really have a problem with peter and i guess you know because in the trailer they made it seem like these are villains who died and were brought in which could also mean mysterio coming back maybe um but instead the spell is that they were trying to make everyone forget peter parker is spider-man and because peter overloaded the spell they instead brought in people from other universes who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and also Tom Hardy's Venom because... Memes. The, yeah, there's... I mean, he's there because Sony wants to do more Venom stuff. They want to do crossovers with their most profitable Spider-Man. And also... Um, Memes. Tom Holland has said that he wants to do a black suit story at some point um but the within the universe the reasons why venom is there i guess is that at the in the credit scene of venom 2 um venom says that he's connected to a symbiote hive mind that has knowledge from across the multiverse um and then suddenly for reasons that neither venom nor eddie understand they get pulled into the mcu and they see Spider-Man unmasked on television, and Venom's like, hey, I know that guy. And I guess it's because of the hive mind, because otherwise, how would he know Peter Parker and or Spider-Man? There's no indication that either of those people exist in Venom's universe right now, unless they decide to retcon it and say that Venom happens in the Andrew Garfield universe. Like, that that's the thing people have thought might be the case, but... Wasn't there, like, Spider-Man stuff in one of the Venom trailers, though? 
Uh, in the in the Morbius trailer, he runs past a poster of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man that has the word murderer written on it, and it's not actually Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, it's a screenshot from the PS4 game of the Tobey Maguire suit. Um, but, but yeah, so Morbius, based on that poster, maybe exists in the... Uh, it's like he either is supposed to exist in the MCU, which clearly he doesn't because the MCU will never allow another company to make movies in their universe, and that's, you know, the smart way to do it. Um, so he, he could exist in the Tobey Maguire universe where just somebody thinks Tobey's a murderer, maybe because, I don't know, he murdered Norman Osborn or whatever. Um, but also, Michael Keaton shows up in that trailer, He's is a paramedic, I think. So it doesn't really indicate that he's Vulture, except why would he show up in another Spider-Man adjacent movie and not be Vulture again? Right. It that's a thing that we won't know until the Morbius movie comes out and explains why the fuck My- Michael Keaton was in that trailer. Should we actually talk about the plot of uh, <laughs> No Way Home? I, I mean, we yeah, we've already spoiled the 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 cameos that they said weren't going to be in it were in it. And Aunt May gets killed by the Green Goblin of this other dimension, which kind of sucks. But I mean, otherwise the scene was done well. It's just oh yeah, like existentially kind of sucks. That was some very good acting. Um, like you don't. I hate I hate saying this this way, but you don't get like v- very good acting <laughs> in mm. MCU movies um, that often. Outside of like Guardians out- of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Or Infinity God War. Damn. Yeah, like, some, like there, there are moments in, like, um, some of the Avengers where, like, we actually just get a shot of somebody's face um, while they have to act. But otherwise, mm. it's, like, all quippy all the time. Which is fun, but not, like... Yeah, they're you, not... You can't They're not trying to break seriously. their heart. Yeah. Yeah. But like, e- even though like the the events leading up to May's death were kind of awkward, um, like the actual scene where it happens is pretty heartbreaking, and like they they really stick to that um, that shot and make you feel it. Mm. Yeah, and like I, I guess the whole the lead up to it, the whole like trying to rehabilitate the sinister five um i i I like the idea i think strange was right and he should have just sent them all back because the the indication we get from like the moments in time where they were taken electro is gonna die because he was seconds away from dying it doesn't matter that he's a better person now he's going to die right um probably same for green goblin if they took him the moment before the glider hit him um but actually, I don't know if they did because he was still uh, in his full suit and everything. And yeah, I, I, I think the the implication was that it was like in his final fight with Spider Man, like yeah, in the abandoned building. Yeah, because it's like before he'd lost the mask, and same, like Doc Ock, um, says he had his uh, claws around Spider Man's throat. So it was before he decided to pull the thing down into the ocean. Although, even if he gets his mind back, I don't know if he's going to find a way to safely yeah. shut the the energy reaction off without killing himself right because like the the moment he was talking about was like as the reactor was going um 
like critical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if they want Doc Ock not to die when he goes back to his universe, I mean, sure, fixing his broken arms is a, a good start. But you also have to give him a way to stabilize the nuclear reaction. Uh, so yeah, he's probably still gonna die. Um, Sandman was never gonna die. He just wants to right. get home. He's just annoyed that he's stuck here with all these other assholes trying to work through their problems. Yeah, and they Sandman... decide to fix his problems anyway because they could. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Sandman's problem is not that he's a Sandman; it's that he's stuck in a different universe. <laughs> yeah, and Lizard is. He was going to like Lizard was going to be fixed anyway, but here he is with his problems, and Andrew's like, "Well, I know how to fix him. I'll just make the gas, and we'll fix him again." Yeah. Uh, It. I mean, I guess if they fix Lizard early, that might mean that in that because this is going to be Stacy. Yeah. Doesn't die. Captain Stacy might live, and that might change the events of Amazing Two. I mean, there's going to be so many branching timelines off of this that they will never address. Um, Of, like, the universe where Norman was not the goblin anymore, and he called off the fight and didn't try to backstab Peter and end up stabbing himself, so he lives. Like, that would just completely change everything. Um, Yeah. Doc Ock is probably still dead, but maybe if he's not, he could get another future. Who knows? Sandman... He, he doesn't have his sand powers anymore. He, for all that, we know, he was taken from the same present moment as Peter. But, um... Yeah. Sandman is no different. Like, yeah. he, he makes no difference at all. Yeah. Yeah, even in his own movie, he made no difference. Uh, like, he, he had absolutely no motivation to fight the Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, the his, climax. his reason for fighting is that Electro was so <laughs> insistent that they're not leaving that he's like, well, I guess I'll hang out with you guys now. Yeah, like, like he he's fighting on the same side as Electrode when they have polar opposite um, motivations. Like, all I can assume is he's just trying to make the situation bad enough that Peter pushes the button so he can go home. Or... Just trying to strong arm the box away from him so he can push the button himself and go home. I, I guess, but like... like that, it seems like his motivation should have been he wants to get the box so he can push the button. And everybody yeah. else wants to get the box so they don't have to push the button. Except for Doc Ock, who is like playing it undercover because he was already fixed at that point. Right. I wish he was in the movie more. Yeah. I mean, I like, like Doc Ock, especially as you know the villain who can be reasonable and not a villain anymore yeah it's more interesting to watch a reasonable person than to watch like green goblin was scary but he's scary because he's unhinged to the point that he has no self-preservation that you know like anybody you know toby steps in to save his life and he stabs him in the back because all he does is hurt and kill for the sake of hurting and killing to He's prove some, yeah, to prove some <laughs> vague point about how everyone is as bad as he is. Yep, society, we yep. live in one. Yep. Um. Okay, like, let's talk about how they got all the characters wrong. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they made Electro too cool. He's supposed to be a dweeb. Yeah, <laughs> but I they let him not be a just yeah. dumb piece of shit. They. They in, instead of letting him be like an, an awkward nerd, they let him be a, a cool black man like Jamie yeah. Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they so. actually 
cast into the actor instead of uh, trying to cram this actor into a role that wasn't made for him. Yeah. By the way, like my, I think my favorite line in the movie, or like, is when um, they they've they've got the the thing on Electro that steals his powers, mm. and he's ju- he's just talking to Andrew Garfield, Spider Man. Oh, the, <laughs> I thought like, you'd be black thing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, like you know, you're a young guy from Queens, man. I just thought you'd be black, and Andrew Garfield's like the most sincere, like. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that was beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if they did because <clears throat> I mean, Sony is pooping out Spider-Man related movies faster than Marvel can get to them. If they just went and made more Andrew Garfield movies to fill in the time between the Tom Holland yeah. movies, I I wouldn't mind if they actually went ahead with their whole villain universe thing. Mm. and actually just had andrew garfield be the spider-man in those movies mm. because i like him as a spider-man yeah i just and then maybe we I can just... get paul giamatti back as rhino sure yeah I mean, at least one it... of the podcasts i was listening to they were saying like why weren't there six and why didn't we get paul giamatti because they just really wanted paul giamatti back as i mean the i do cheesy want... rhino guy I do want him back as Rhino. I don't know about the big Rhino suit, though, because that was kind of mm. lame. Yeah, and let I him don't... mutate into a Rhino, because his suit got yeah. broke. Or maybe just, like, a sleeker suit. Mm. That would work for me. Mm. Like, otherwise, he's just gonna... Like, either way, he's just gonna be, like, a big CG mess. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, uh, so we talked about Electro, um, Norman Osborn, <laughs> mm. uh, like his, Norman Osborn's whole problem is not that, you know, he took the goblin gas and now he's an asshole. He was always an asshole. Like mm. th- that's, that's the thing about Spider-Man one is that like, he's a, he's a rich, selfish dick who doesn't care enough about his son. Mm. And then it's like he gains the power to take revenge on people he doesn't like, so he takes the opportunity. Like it, it's it's not that oh he he's got the gas and now he's he's Smeagol and Gollum. It's yeah, that's it's, they went with more like a Silver Age version of him where he goes like full blackout and the Goblin is a different persona. Yeah, which I. I, I read that as completely different than the Raimi version, mm. where like it it's just the darker parts of him coming out, not like a completely new personality that takes over. Yeah, which I I get that's kind of hard to pull off, <laughs> like when your villain can only have like ten minutes of screen time. Mm. Um, but yeah. Like I, like I don't think Norman Osborn can be cured. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just it like, yeah it strains sympathy for the character when the whole like Norman and there he is just blowing up the people trying to help him or stabbing them or yeah yeah like Nor- Norman Osborn is like destined to kill himself in 
a way that he can't see coming. Like that is the poetic end to his story. Mm. Like that that's why Spider-Man 1 works. Um Yeah, and it does feel kind of weird in like that broad sense of you know, they they're doing the big crossover movie where they're bringing back the old heroes and villains and using it to seemingly like fix the mistakes of the body count from those previous movies by saying like no we don't have to kill them all this time we can fix them it, it, it almost it feels kind of like a weird critique of how the plots of those previous movies went yeah i mean i i think it is a good idea to acknowledge that a, like a lot of superhero villains just end up dying mm. Yeah, at, the, at the end of the movie because it makes it easier yeah and that a lot of them are just like flawed people especially in the spider-man movies yeah see like doc ock i get yeah um but like like even even him like i don't i don't think he was really a good representation of spider-man to doc ock uh, yeah cause he because he starts off full crazy and then they have to fix the chip when by the end of that yeah, fight he had you know like seized control of the arms yeah, even with the voices there they weren't driving him crazy like even yeah because the voices yeah, like the it, voices weren't driving him to murderous frenzy it was just they were giving him bad suggestions like, yeah like in in spider-man 2 i feel like doc ock like his problem his, like his only problem wasn't that the arms are taking over his problem was that his ego was letting anybody but but him take the blame for his failed experiment that killed his wife and like like he was in denial about like his the the huge part he played in it yeah so he was blaming it hit like all his problems on spider-man yeah and like and, and the arms weren't like violent idiots they were just kind of amoral you know if there's a problem in the way yeah. they will steal and kill to fix it but I don't think the arms, if he showed up on a bridge in the middle of another universe, would say, oh, there's a guy who looks like Spider-Man. Start flinging cars at him. That'll get us back to our universe. Like, they, they probably would have figured <laughs> yeah. out, okay, something's wrong. We're in the wrong place. We need to find a way to get back. And if Spider-Man tries to stop him, then maybe fling some cars at him to get him out of the way. But yeah, they wouldn't go for the attack, I don't think. Yeah, like, I, I, I feel like, 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 I don't... I don't mind the bridge scene as much because, like, like the the way they they say it, he was he was in the big climax of Spider Man too. Oh, like, okay, so he was just in a- actively mode. fighting yeah. fighting Spider Man at the time. Mm. So I, I don't I don't mind that that much, but mm. and he didn't recognize just... that this completely different looking Peter was <laughs> wasn't his Peter, even though he calls right. him Peter when he first sees him. In a completely different part of New York. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can see, maybe if he thought, I don't know, something went weird with the experiment, and Spider-Man teleported me and him to a bridge to keep the fight going, so now I'm going to keep fighting him, except this Spider-Man clearly is wearing a different suit that's got his own arms and stuff, and he's a different guy. He looks like 10 years younger, even though he's supposed to be a similar age, because Spider-Man 2 Peter was, like, college age, and... Yeah, yeah. Tom Holland is graduating high school in this one. Which should we talk about how this entire plot happens? Because Peter wants him and his friends to get into MIT because Daredevil has already covered the whole murder case thing, so that's not really 
an issue. Right. But he just really wants to get into MIT, and his reputation is tarnished, so he can't. So he decides to ask his friend Doctor Strange to break all of reality to make people forget about his identity so he can get to a, a yeah. really fancy school instead of just going to another school. If, if only... Or maybe call Peter up Parker. his friend Pepper Potts, who's married to <laughs> his mentor Tony Stark, and ask her to pull some strings at MIT, the school that Tony yeah. donated a fuck ton of money to. If if only Peter knew somebody like the new Captain America who could put in a good word for him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he knows so many people, I mean, and he remembered Doctor Strange because he saw some like. Halloween lights that kind of looked like Doctor Strange <laughs> as a vampire I, with a witch hat. I love that detail, by the way. Mm. That that was that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So he broke all. Of re- well, he asked him to do a spell, and Doctor Strange is like, "Okay, I'll do the spell, and I'm not going to ask any further questions. I'm just going to wipe you from the minds of everyone." And he said, wait a minute, I need this person and this person and this person, and that was too much, and the yeah. spell went crazy, and then it, and they reversed the polarity of the neutron field and brought <laughs> everyone who knows him instead of everyone not knowing him in, and then his aunt got murdered because she wanted to have sympathy yeah. on these broken people instead of just sending them back to die. And then... They had a big fight and stuff, and then he decides to annihilate his memory from every person in the universe, thus leaving him a high school dropout in a shitty apartment with a homemade Spider-Man suit to go off on further adventures in a world where nobody knows who he is at all, except as Spider-Man. They they know the Spider-Man part. So it, it it feels like the opposite of the end of The Dark Knight Rises, where, like, that one, it felt wrong because Bruce Wayne, the person who is so dedicated to being Batman and fighting his endless, you know, war on criminals, um, decided to give up being Batman and just be Bruce Wayne. Like, that fell off. But this one feels like he has given up anything that made him Peter Parker. You know, th- like, there is no Peter Parker as far as anyone is concerned, and he you know has the opportunity to try to explain to mj and ned you know who he is and what memories they've lost because of him and decides not to do that and just accepts that peter parker is dead and he is only spider-man now and that also feels off because he like spider-man so much of the character is that balance of the personal life and the superhero life and how those come into conflict with each other and the personal life is dead it's gone. There, nobody knows who Peter Parker yeah. is. There is no personal life. There is no Peter Parker. It's just a Spider-Man. Which is why... Like, I, I like the movie a lot, but I don't like the ending, and I don't like what it feels like that ending means for the future. Unless it means he's just going to find Miles and pass on the torch, because people know who Spider-Man is. You just show him the ropes and let him be the one who has to balance a personal life with a Spider-Man life. And Peter swings off into the sunset or dies in space or something you know it's the mcu crazy things happen (laughs) but yeah like i what what i don't like about the ending is that like they finally gave mj a a character Mm. (laughs) 
and not just like a bunch of quirks um yeah i mean she's had like an arc for three movies and it's all reset same for ned like ned was the guy in the chair who loved being the guy in the chair and now he became the guy in the chair who also has enough magical talent to learn a sling ring faster than dr strange could and he's i guess forgotten that like i don't know it seems like he'd only forget that peter parker was around for that so maybe there's still room if you know strange or wong tracks him down they can give him a ring and give him another shot at that which by the way i feel like inherent magical ability is kind of like against the whole Doctor Strange movie, but anyway. I, I assumed that was just some bullshit. But the fact that he could hold the ring and move <coughs> his hand and figure out how that because I, I feel like the ring is the thing that does the magic, and the the person just has to act it out. Um, I, but whatever combination I, of physical motion and inner belief is just a thing that he has in enough quantity to make the ring work. I don't remember specifically, but I, I think in, in Doctor Strange, they, they explain, like, the, the ring is like a conduit for your magical ability. Okay. And, like, the, 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 the portals... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. So, so, I think, so he has a high enough midichlorian count is why he can do magic. <laughs> yeah, he's the chosen one. <laughs> he, he, he's supposed to bring balance to the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. But he's the one who's going to bring Morlin in to kill everyone. Yeah. Because Peter Parker he, wasn't there for him because he forgot Peter Parker was ever there for him. Yeah. Oh, like, I you think know he's going to become a hobgoblin. And it's going to be super <laughs> tragic because <laughs> Peter wiped himself from Ned's memory. And if he had been there for him, maybe he wouldn't have gone down the hobgoblin path. Yeah, but it, what it's setting up for is that in Spider-Man 5, Ned's going to try to kill Peter. Yeah. Because he forgot that he he claimed that he wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, he forgot in, that in they were movie. best friends. So Peter remembers. So it's super tragic for Peter, but he has no idea that he is doing the most ironic thing he could. What what if Ned becomes the new kingpin? Uh, I mean, in the comics, Ned Leeds becomes Hobgoblin. Oh, he really does. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> okay. one of like four people who became the Hobgoblin. Well, that that might actually happen now. Yeah, yeah. I like that's probably. Yeah, I mean, like they had that one scene that's kind of a nod and a wink to the idea that Ned becomes a villain in the comics. But um, I yeah, I wonder if having his mind wipe is going to be part of what makes that actually happen. Uh, well, he'll be in Boston, so Spider Man doesn't have to worry about that one. Yeah, I'd be too busy traveling to Mexico to get the Venom symbiote or something. Yeah. Okay, like having having Venom in the MCU is not a terrible idea by itself. Like, why why does it have to be <laughs> that version of Venom? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because well, that version of Venom he just left a symbiote behind, so there just is a symbiote going around. Maybe it'll get to Peter, maybe it'll go on Flash Thompson, maybe it'll go on a different Eddie Brock. You know, they just they left the symbiote there to explain why there will be a symbiote in the future. But I I really I really hope it doesn't go to Flash Thompson. Yeah, the, <laughs> because this, this Flash Thompson of Flash Yeah, he doesn't feel is not 
he could be Agent Venom. Like he he doesn't even feel like he has the potential to to um use it well. Mm. You know, like have that character development of uh turning into a hero. Mm. Yeah, when he realizes that, I mean, I guess him realizing that he hates Spider-Man could have been more of a thing when he knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. But yeah. he doesn't remember Peter Parker because nobody remembers Peter Parker. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm just listening to the snow plow outside. Nice. Plow that snow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's all white it right. and sticky out there. It's gross. <laughs> they got it all over the trees and everything. Uh, you've got to salt it. Mm. Yeah, put that salt everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Only when you're playing with snow. Don't put salt anywhere <laughs> if we're talking sex. <laughs> you. It's it's very coarse and rough and irritating. <laughs> it gets everywhere, and you don't want to get out of those places it's going to get into. <laughs> oh, shit. That's why sex on the beach is more fun in concept than it is in actuality. It's more fun in a drink than it is um, as an act. Yeah. Um, anyway. Superman <laughs> stuff. Uh, let's see. Um. Okay. Um. So I think we talked about the big stuff. Like, yeah. There's a like. There's a lot of details that I really like in the movie, though. Like, I do feel bad for Happy um, that he remembers May, so he remembers May dying, and he doesn't remember Peter at all. So there's just this strange kid who's also there at May's grave. Yeah. And Tony's also dead, and Pepper is, I guess, I don't know, off the grid because she enabled a teenager to use a missile guided pair of glasses yeah. or something. Who knows? She's, yeah. she's no And his, his home is still um, a crater. Yeah. Yeah. His, his apartment, I don't remember what happened to the apartment. They left and went to Happy's apartment which got blowed up um yeah yeah no yeah it sucks yep. to be happy yeah happy has nothing left yeah. it's time for happy to become a villain no he could never do that yeah happy needs to like team up with black widow oh wait yeah no, I, th- <laughs> I think the next time we're gonna see happy will be in the iron or uh, armor wars show the the roadie war machine show either that or iron heart or both happy needs to get an iron man suit yeah hmm did they say who bought stark tower yet um because i know wilson fisk oh wait <laughs> uh, yeah he probably got shot in the head but i i want to because i think before the movie came out <coughs> someone involved was saying that they know who bought Stark Tower, because that's like an established thing, but they haven't said it on the record yet, and they did establish that it's not Oscorp, because there is no Oscorp or Osborne 
in the MCU. So yeah, I don't know if they've said who has the old Avengers Tower yet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Armor Wars or Secret Wars or something will be where they address that. Yeah. Probably it, it'll probably just be like that that woman from Falcon and the Cold Boy. Mm. Yeah, that, um, would, that would make sense if they wanted to station the Dark Avengers in the tower. Yeah. Whose name I cannot remember for the life of me, but I do know it. Uh, yeah, I want to say Baroness or Mistress Hydra uh, or something. Something Hydra? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what a Hydra's... Uh, Hydra member's favorite um, weather is? Um, the same weather that happens to everything else? Yeah. <laughs> Hail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have ended on that joke, but mm. like we've got a half hour more Spider-Man to talk about. Yeah, unless we have any other topics. <coughs> I mean, this is the Spider-Man one. It's hard, because when I came like, out of the theater, I really wanted to talk about everything, and then I talked about most things on the media box. Mostly, I was coming out of it thinking, I really like this movie, and everyone's hyped about this movie, but I really hate this ending, and I don't know if I'm alone in that. Um, like my, my, my least favorite thing about the ending is that it's another MCU character that gets reset. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's Spider-Man getting rebooted again in the course of his own movie. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like the it it's it's really odd that um it's really odd that they have, you know, um Toby and Andrew Peters um that basically say like like yeah, Spider-Man's really important, but um my personal life like helps helps me see it through and then mm. <laughs> at the end peter's just like oh i don't have a personal life anymore yeah oh yeah um and andrew uh, mary jane falls off the statue of liberty and well, mj michelle jones falls off that's that's right mj yeah. I, I forget. It's, yeah, because they they have you know Green Goblin as it's like oh MJ it's not Mary Jane is it like, no it's Michelle Jones Michelle Jones Watson I think I think she's still Watson it's just it's a different yeah pair of names that make the M and the J yeah fair <laughs> because they're not <laughs> the same as every other universe but yeah she falls off the building like and Andrew catches her and he looks really. You know, like he feels like he fixed a mistake that he made when he didn't catch Gwen, and and she's yeah. just confused. She's yeah. like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by by the way, Andrew Garfield was the best part of this movie, and he deserves another movie. Mm. He deserves another shot of Spider Man because Amazing Two sucked, and it it was it was all the, the script. script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Sony. You know, getting their big balls again and interfering way too much. Yeah, they were again. trying to set up too many things. Trying, I mean, even like the whole Electro thing. I feel like that was just they got Jamie Fox on, and they knew he was a big star, and they wanted to put him in a role. But the Electro character feels like he could be cut completely from the movie, and it would make no difference. So, 
Yeah. It's like they shoehorned <clears throat> the major villain of the movie into the movie. Yeah. And like there there's a million ways that I could say the the Spider-Man PS4 did uh, a lot of the story beats in Amazing Spider-Man 2 and No Way Home better. Mm. But I'm not going to harp on that. Yeah, I mean I have more hours to work with. Yeah. But like even even like with with May's death, like like No Way Home had three movies to build her up. Mm. To, to be like something that the audience would feel bad about losing, mm. and they they, re- they really didn't. Yeah, like two like, had some of her charity work, but then Spider Man goes off to Europe, and we don't get to see the rest of it. Yeah, like like I I halfway understand them like trying to to like turn the the high school spider-man movies into like an origin story Mm. but i don't think they did it very well yeah if it's really crowded when you look over tom holland's entire arc yeah yeah because like 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 forget the avengers stuff for for a second like just focus on the like homecoming far from home no way home Mm. um they had a lot to work with, but they ended up just throwing it all away in one moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one moment of magical. It's like it's one of those moments where you, I just you know, like ma- magic. I don't hate magic on principle, but I hate when magic is used for this kind of DSX machina, um, mass plot contrivance shit. <laughs> yeah. Pl- plus, like. I mean, Doctor Strange would still know Spider-Man. He just wouldn't know Peter. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like, apparent... And until they make another movie with Spider-Man, we won't know the extent of... Like, how does this yeah. thing work? You know, did, did Peter and... M, or did, did MJ and Ned, you know, just find themselves standing in the ruins of the Statue of Liberty, remembering that Spider-Man had helped them out and they were helping Spider-Man, but not remembering who's behind the mask or that they've ever known a person named peter parker like do they just have like fuzzy memories of like hey i think i had a friend once i don't remember what his name was or who he was or anything about him but it it it's gonna be like the snap where they they like give some like token um reactions to it and then never like really delve into it yeah i mean the snap and like the snap is another thing where it keeps coming up in things, and it's starting to get annoying. That it's like, like, uh, sure, you did the big, you know, world-shattering thing, and it does deserve to keep coming up all the time. But it also just real because a lot of the MCU stuff is like, feels like it's set in our world, but also with superheroes. Except that this is also a world where people spent five years with half the world dead and then those people all suddenly came back and they're all still grappling with that yeah nothing makes sense it's okay yeah <laughs> Hawk- hawkeye has a bow mm. <laughs> <laughs> F- 
fucking Age of Ultron. Um, anyway. Um, oh, I really liked when Spider-Man and Doctor Strange were fighting. And um, even though um, Peter was outside of his body, like, he kept playing keep away with the with the box. Mm. Because that that's like an accurate representation of how crazy Spider-Man's reflexes are supposed to be. Mm. And like they that's a thing that's really hard to like portray on screen. But they did it. Mm. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> because like when you think about it, Spider-Man's pretty busted. <laughs> Because Spider Sense is basically like like a like a psychic um, like foreshadowing of bad events. Mm, maybe a little nerf. Oh, I'm sorry. Next patch. Yeah, I'm sorry. The the tingle. Yeah. Because he's, he's tingling Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I like when they they ask all the Spider Men if if they tingle. They're like, yeah, I, yeah, I tingle, I tingle. Yeah. <laughs> or or maybe it was just Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, they were trying to get him to prove that he's Spider-Man. Mm. He's like, like, yeah, okay, and then he he jumps up and puts his hand on the ceiling, yeah. and they're like, like, oh, okay, but like, no, can you crawl? Not, that's not good enough. Can you catch bread? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can catch bread. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and that's grandma <laughs> like can you clean up that cobweb in the corner and he like just, just slowly crawls on the ceiling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see like there's a lot of small moments in this movie that are great like some of the big ideas are kind of eh, I don't know about this but yeah it's a lot of hoops they have to jump through to justify all the characters they brought back yeah Also, um, I don't like that Peter was just going to murder Norman Osborn. Mm. I don't. I don't think that's a good thing for the character. Yeah. Like I don't like I mean, he that he had to be physically kill Aunt May. Physically stop. It's well, like, like kill yeah, Aunt May but... and seem like just this unstoppable, horrible menace that just stabs and kills everything because this is the Joker version of Green Goblin. Like I, what? What makes it feel weird to me is that like the like in when Toby's going after Uncle Ben's killer in the first one, like mm. he accidentally kills like he accidentally kills himself. Like, um, mm. yeah, he stumbled out a window. Which yeah. he could have been the sixth member because he's someone who died fighting Spider-Man. <laughs> that guy show up as the sixth member of the Sinister You didn't Six. know who Peter was, though. Didn't he see him unmasked? Didn't yeah, he? I think he saw him. He's like, oh, oh, you're the kid from the the wrestling thing. Yeah. He probably doesn't know his name, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess the name is part of the spell. Huh. Um, what was I saying? Uh, that he didn't intentionally kill that guy. Oh yeah, and Andrew Gar. Actually, like, yeah, who, Toby didn't intentionally kill anyone because like Green Goblin right. jumped out of the way, and Doc Ock chose to kill himself, and Eddie threw himself. I think Peter might have thrown the bomb at the symbiote, but Eddie chose to jump yeah. into the bomb to get the symbiote. Back. Yeah, 
like he very specifically like ripped Eddie Brock out of the Venom suit so he wouldn't kill him mm. and then like tried to blow up the suit and then Eddie jumped in like right right before the bomb went off. Yeah, I mean I think like yeah, on principle Spider-Man doesn't kill people. In the moment I kind of got where Tom Hall and Peter was coming from, but he's also a kid who makes a lot of very bad decisions. Especially yeah. in this movie. See, like, th- that's that's the thing that gets me, though, is that, like, he had to be physically stopped from killing Goblin. Like, yeah, I, I guess like, they just. They I would have been okay. Him. Yeah, like, I, I would have been okay if Toby, like, talked him down. Mm. But, like, the, the fact that he had to, like, physically stop him from plunging the, go- the glider into Norman's skull mm. is. is what, what kind of gets me because mm. like it, it doesn't feel like peter lives up to the responsibility after that it just feels like um like ev- even though he make he makes the sacrifice with nobody knowing it. i mean even that i don't know if like, that's the response like i guess sure the he, he has to do that to undo the spell and that's the responsible choice but then he chooses to let his friends go on not knowing that he mm. stole their memories which doesn't feel well, but, I mean it feels less responsible and more like he just feels like he is such a bad influence on everyone around him that they'd be better off without him. It feels more like the depression choice than the responsible choice. Well that that part was like it he he didn't tell them because he didn't want them to get hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. And even, I don't know why he swung off when the spell was going off. Like, why didn't he just sit there in the Statue of Liberty when MJ was telling him, please, you know, yeah. remind us of that we know you. Why didn't he just sit there, wait for the spell to go off, they look around like, oh, hey, Spider-Man. And he takes off the mask and he's like, hi, I'm Peter Parker, you might not remember me, I just wiped your memory, sorry about that. Anyway, here's what happened for the yeah. last, uh, at least four years of our lives. Um, that that definitely would have been better than going to the place where she works yeah, and, and trying to like flirt with her and explain to her this like ma- magic cosmic shift. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I I don't know where he was going when that spell went off, uh, unless he'd already made the decision yeah. that he didn't want them in his life anymore because he feels like he's a Spider Man and bad things happen to anyone in orbit of a Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, like the the decision at the end to like not explain stuff to Mary Jane, like I like that that fits. Mm. Like it might be kind of weird, but it fits. I mean, it, it fits for him. It doesn't feel like what she or Ned wanted, but no, he's not going to honor that because he's, you know, it, it, it is very true to Spider Man that he feels like he has to take everything onto himself. Right. Because he wasn't in Encanto and didn't have that song about, you know, <laughs> trying to be too perfect or responsible for everyone. Right. See, like, the, the, this is the thing, though. Like, the, the Avengers still know Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, they know Spider-Man. And I guess for the Avengers, the, the Peter Parker part never mattered. You know, like, maybe they knew right. he was a kid from like, Queens, but they don't, it, you know. It mattered for Tony. Yeah. And only, like, only Tony and, like, that one exchange with Captain America, who is now 
doesn't exist. Yeah, he's he's gone <laughs> off into the sunset of his yeah. elder years. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, because it's like they just they knew that he was some kid that Tony picked up, and now I guess they've you know forgotten that kid's name or identity, and just know that yeah. well, there's this I guess a kid I don't know named Spider Man who fought with us in space that one time. So yeah, if he shows up, he's cool. We can you know let him into the Avengers party we're throwing at the mansion or whatever. Right. Like I, I was thinking specifically with Doctor Strange mm. because like they did the whole you know fighting Thanos on the moon. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because it seems like he should still remember that he teamed up with Spider Man. He just won't remember that he knows who Spider Man is. Yeah. So he really just it's nuked like the, the his whole... own personal contacts and also that status quo shift of everyone in the world wanting to take accusing yeah. pictures of him anytime he shows up <laughs> by the way this movie not enough jk Simmons. Mm. yeah and they don't address if the i guess he is the mcu's j jonah jameson because even though he's the same actor you know there's he he was there before the spell and there's no indication that he came from another universe yeah he he's just one part of like one heavy overlap yeah. <laughs> damn it like I, I i just keep thinking about how how good like they did maze death and the ps4 game and how like relatively disappointing it is in this one yeah i mean this one it's it's a very big moment and they yeah. make it they give it weight by letting her finally say the fucking responsibility line instead of dancing around oh, it. Like, they they never show her to be, like, his moral center. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she, like, she's she, kind of just there to, you know, nag him and... He, I guess, yeah. You know, it, she doesn't... She, she's there to make things awkward like, when he comes home and, you know, yeah. has to hide she, his she's Spider-Man. She's a lot more like... She's she's an awkward hot mom and not not like like his surrogate parent who took care of him for ten years. Like even though like that that is what happens. Yeah. Like yeah, but yeah, we don't see I any. Don't yeah, because anytime any of the interactions it's, are like the awkward and uncomfortable things where he comes home and has to address the fact that he's shirtless yeah. and muscular and has spider powers and you you know what the problem is? It's that. The, the first the first movie was set up like in you know an 80s teen comedy yeah. and that that just completely like set up the character for something completely different than um, what no way home was trying to do yeah I, I I think that's like the main root of the problem mm. here <laughs> but yeah yeah cause the, the, they're trying Cause, to fit her into the role that the Uncle Ben's had in the previous Spider-Man's universes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I I, cried the second time I played through the PS4 game and May died because, like, damn. Mm. Like, that, that's, that's a Spider-Man decision right there. Like, I don't know if you remembered when I described it kind to you. Kind of. I know it had something to do with Mr. But Negative like, and Poison or something yeah like basically he had he had the cure to like a um like a a man-made genetic virus that um oscorp made 
and like he could he could either use it to save Aunt May's life right now or like fabricate um a cure for the rest of the city mm. um and he basically has to say goodbye to Aunt so May. it's the last um, of us but he made the unselfish choice I, not not entirely but yeah <laughs> like that, that it's not <laughs> that, that's not a terrible comparison um yeah god that that damn it <laughs> that, that game is really good yeah i mean so i think like i liked no way home i don't like the ending or the new status quo i'm more interested in across the spider-verse part one now for future spider-man yeah. projects i i don't know what they could announce for a new tom holland movie that would get me to be hyped for it like him doing venom i don't care you know we have a venom movie yeah, and we had spider-man 3 so between the two of they show venom into every fucking spider-man thing eventually. yeah i mean by you know if, if you combine spider-man 3 and the venom movie you've got all the venom content you really need because you get to see yeah. the, the black suit arc which they did well in spider-man 3 and then you get to see Venom doing Venom stuff in the Venom movies. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, you know, doing the black suit stuff and just being kind of an asshole. Because that's... I love... I love how... I love how dorky Peter Parker's version of being evil yeah, is yeah e- evil toby <laughs> is just a guy trying too hard to be cool uh, evil toby is just an incel yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like an incel's version of being yeah cool. so so like yeah so tom holland spider-man like vulture doesn't know who he is anymore so that feels like a closed plot yeah, that, thread as far as any interesting contact could go that, that really sucks because like that was one of that was one of the only things from the movies like the the other two spider-man movies that i cared about going forward yeah like this the scorpion is, thing um, could still happen because he just has a grudge with spider-man but he was i I, I guess scorpion could be interesting it's not like hugely exciting but if they wanted to do the Scorpion plot where J. Jonah Jameson is responsible for putting Matt Gargan yeah. in the suit and then he holds it against Matt Gargan. And I, I feel like that's where it, that's where it's yeah, going. That you'd have both Matt Gargan as a guy who hates Jonah and Spider Man. Spider Man is a guy or Jonah is a guy who hates Spider Man and fears this monster he's created, and then Spider Man has to fix the whole thing. Yep. But yeah, because otherwise I don't care if he's in the suit. All the villains from No Way Home went home to their universes because they weren't even from this universe, so whatever. Yeah. And like, we, we've already established that like at least two of them are going to die. One of them doesn't matter. Well, two of them yeah, don't I mean, matter. Whether they die or not, and... <laughs> they end up branching off new timelines and just make a messier multiverse, but we'll never see it, so I guess it doesn't matter. And yeah, they'll, they'll probably never be back for crossovers. Like, Toby and Andrew, maybe the the villains. No, <laughs> and Mysterio's dead, and apparently just gonna stay that way. 
even though it looked like he faked it. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe if, you know, they get Jake Gyllenhaal on a new contract or something, they could go with the he faked it thing, but for now he's just dead. Um, yeah. I... I don't know. Do we want to see more Holland Spider-Man movies? I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with what we got. Yeah. Cause like we we've got we've got Spider Verse, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, I think like Scorpion movie I mean, could be cool, but otherwise Spider Verse, yeah, is just yeah. and even like animated is just because you can do so many characters in animation. You don't have to worry about oh, yeah. having to hire a big name actor for every one of them and hold them on contract for every one of them. You know, you just need a. You don't have to worry about. The CG looking terrible in live action, which it often yeah, does. Yeah, you just you you, you <laughs> yeah. can put in any character you want, and you know just need someone to voice them. Like they have just a lot more freedom. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, okay, so if Mysterio's dead, well, wouldn't it be cool if he showed up in you know, like the afterlife or something? You know, they they go to hell and fight Mephisto, and Mysterio's there because they <laughs> did that in the comics. Kind of, they had him come back, and like half his head was gone because he had blown his brains out. But it's like a hell version of Mysterio. But if they want to do that in the live action movies, you have to get Jake Gyllenhaal back on contract, and he's probably pretty pricey. So uh, probably not going to happen. But if you do it in animation, you can just stick anyone you want in animation. Even if you don't have the actor on hand to do the voice, if you have him doing like a silent background role, you can still put anyone in animation. There's no limits. There's no likeness rights that you really have to deal with, so. Hey Jay, do you know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. It's it's possible that nothing about the MCU really matters because it, it's liable to all change in the next Doctor Strange movie, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the MCU post End Game, the MCU feels weird because they're branching out in so many directions, but there's no. It doesn't have. You know, like, up up to Endgame, it was neat how they had... Like, they could keep bouncing to different stories, but they're all kind of weaving together into this one clear path leading up to yeah. Endgame. And after we've got to Endgame, it feels like everything's unraveled and it's all shooting off in different directions. And they're all fun on their own, but there isn't that cohesion to, you know, where this is all going, if it's going anywhere or if it's just... If they're just doing things to do things now because things make money and like clearly the multiverse is a focus, you know, between Loki and Doctor Strange and No Way Home, you know, the, the idea of being able to have different versions of characters even like after post Endgame Guardians 3, we're going to have to deal with a different version of Gamora has entered into this timeline. So like that that's that's what gets me worried is like between like Gamora and the Spider Man characters, like are they gonna reset anybody else? Like Yeah, it's it's like a virtual immortality that all the characters have now that they can uh die or have you know, like like Captain America, his arc is complete and yes we have Sam Wilson as a su- a successor, but once he's finished with his run 
they could just bring uh, Steve Rogers from another universe in and do the Captain America story again. So it it could get into like a loop of, you know, we just have different versions of the same characters doing things that are either similar or slightly different from what the previous versions of them did. And everything is a new iteration on the things that have already been done. I, I don't know how long they can sustain uh, what the MCU is doing. Yeah, because like they, they nailed the first one like leading up to Avengers. Then they, they nailed it again leading up to Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. And then now like <laughs> the Dragon Balls have scattered to the ends of the Earth. <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing it seems yeah like. and they don't even at least with like dragon ball it's still you know the there's like the the boo arc was like one storyline super is one you know there's only ever one story going on it's not like yeah like with this we have a vast array of characters all going off on their own adventures that are happening at the same time but they're not really connected to each other um which, I mean, that would also be bad. That would be really hard to keep track of if everybody's story required you to see everybody else's story. Like, the stories yeah. do need to work on their own and just have, like, the small crossovers, but the whole idea of a big picture doesn't feel like it's really there anymore. Yeah, like, I don't... Like, I don't think we're ever going to get, like, a civil war again. Mm. Where... You know, where, like, it's technically not an Avengers movie, but it still has everyone coming, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, it, it does feel quaint looking back at Avengers 1 and how big it felt that they were able to cross over characters from four movies. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Civil War, like, they introduced Black Panther and Spider-Man into the mix. And, I mean, Phase 2 was mostly just sequels to the previous movies anyway. Aside from Guardians, which right. was off on its own thing. So, but now it feels like everything is Guardians. It's all, they're all off on their own yeah. thing. They can cross over with each other here and there where it makes sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess, I don't know. Because like, Avengers did only cross over four movies. They could still do... Yeah. Another thing that feels like Avengers where they're crossing over four movies, but it won't feel as big because there's like 40 movies going on in different places. Right. right. Like the only place they can go, like the only place they felt like they could go from Avengers was to go to the, or let me, let mm. me start over. The only place they felt like they can go from Endgame is to bring in the multiverse. So... Mm. Like, yeah, which opens up like, a lot of opportunities like the, for fun things, but... Also, like, jumping the shark type stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it, it's it's not one story anymore, and the stories they're making have been enjoyable enough, but, it, yeah, it doesn't have the same focus that it used to. Yeah. I don't want it to be just like comics, where everything gets so convoluted that, like, you don't... You just don't care about anything anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that way anyway, just because there's so many things, especially because the pandemic kind of mm. 
took all the things that would have happened over the last two years and has crammed them into the last like four months. So yeah, it's just been a onslaught of new things coming out. Which is why I saw like in the last week. Well, I guess it'd be a, like a week and a half now from seeing No Way Home to also seeing Bond. And also, and Venom 2 came out on DVD. I saw it in theaters, but I saw it again. Um, and also that Encanto movie and also Matrix. Um, yeah, it's like five yeah. new movies that I've seen in the last week. Yeah. Shit's mm. weird. Yeah, we're anyway, we're up to time now. Where would you rank this movie sure. in the the live action Spider Man um, board? Okay, so just the live action ones, because we know that Spider Verse well, is the top. Yeah, like that. That's yeah. <laughs> that. That's a given. Like it. It's it's so far away. Like the best superhero movie mm. ever made. That it's not even. It's not even in the same universe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd have to watch the other Spider-Mans again to know, because... I mean, Spider-Man 2 was definitely really good. Spider-Man 1 was pretty good. Amazing Spider-Man was pretty good. Far From Home has Mysterio, which biases me toward it in a way that it doesn't really deserve. Um, Homecoming is I'd, also I'd probably put... pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, like all home, the first ones of the trilogy are all pretty good. Is, yeah, I'd probably put it like fourth, mm. like above above Homecoming and under what? Hmm. Let's see, what what movie do I like more? Um, Spider Man Three or Amazing Spider Man One? Mm. <laughs> So maybe fifth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'd have I'd really have to think about it because like Amazing Two is definitely the bottom because it's a mess. Spider Verse is definitely the top because it's great. Um, of the live action ones, probably Spider Man Two, still the best I think. Uh, I mean No Way Home definitely it wouldn't it wouldn't be up to Spider Man. Yeah. I think it'd be between like Spider Man Two and Home. As much as Homecoming is an Iron Man movie, it's still just a really fun Spider-Man is a character yeah. movie. Like the 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 whole like eighties teen comedy thing, like it worked at the mm. time. It doesn't work now when they're like trying to force characters into roles that they never were supposed to mm. be in. But like on its own, Homecoming is, is still. I mean, I feel good. No Way Home I would say is the biggest live action Spider Man movie. Like just you yeah. know like from the number of characters, the number of things going on, it feels like the biggest, most eventful, epic like, Spider-Man movie. But I don't know that I'd call it the best it's, for that because it's also it's definitely it's definitely my favorite of this trilogy. Mm -hmm. Like, like just because I don't know, it does it does enough right that I can like gloss over the things it did wrong I mean, yeah like of this trilogy i think it is the most about spider-man because doctor strange yeah. is there as a plot function and a minor antagonist but otherwise yeah. it's about peter and other peter and other peter and their relation to yeah. the bad guys they fight 
it is it is about Peter like finally taking responsibility, which he barely ever mm. does <laughs> in the rest of the trilogy. So I like mm. that. So yeah, I mean, I, I I guess like fourth under the. I guess the. Mm, Maybe like fifth under the Raimi yeah, trilogy, I mean, I, an amazing one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I still like yeah, Spider Man Three. It's hard for me to put things on a, a you know flat number scale, but I'd say upper middle. Um, yeah, it's like probably either upper middle or right in the middle because a lot of the Spider Man movies are pretty good. So, like, there aren't a lot of them that are you know feel really bad except for amazing 2 being a mess and like amazing yeah. 2 if you cut it down to just the parts of andrew garfield and um forgot the actress name for gwen stacy if you cut it down to just their parts it's really good but you, you'd have to like cut out electro completely rhino's fine he's just like a yeah. gag villain for the beginning and the end of the movie except for the part where yeah. he, the little the whole... kid tries to stand up to him that was stupid but yeah the the best part of amazing spider-man 2 is the opening montage where he's actually acting like spider-man mm. where he he's like you know like helping a, a, a kid who's being bullied like bring his science fair project to school mm. or something and he's putting on a fireman hat to use a fire hose it's whatever happened at, at the in that that i kind of remember and like yeah yeah like you know, any of the stuff between him and gwen usually works because he's playing peter as a very socially awkward person who can only really yeah. act out uh in you know when he's like in the suit and doesn't have to worry about like people looking at yeah. him. Yeah, he's 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 less of a Peter Parker that's a like a, a typical nerd. Rather, he's he's more like a like an outcast. Yeah, just you know, very socially awkward. Doesn't know how to talk to people. You know, like, I I definitely feel yeah. that feeling that he has of you know when he's like trying to speak to people, he can't like look them straight in the eye or like look at them his eyes are just always yeah. like shifting away and I feel like I'm like that a lot of the time too yeah yeah so anyway mm. pretty good flawed but yeah good. I mean it's big and exciting so. it, it's the biggest most exciting popcorn movie of a spider-man movie ever um, yeah it's 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 the type of movie we needed mm. it's <laughs> like, the type of movie that's on its way to make a billion dollars despite uh, people dying everywhere from breathing each other's breath. Yeah. I I was surprised how much I liked the theater experience. Um, I, I I missed it, mm. <laughs> even if cause like like it, it wasn't the worst with this like, one, I, even though it was still fairly crowded, considering. Um, yeah, like the the theater I went was like half full, mm. um, and like full enough where like yeah, I I was opening night, but mm. yeah, I, I didn't I didn't do open I never do opening night. The only movie I well, I've, I mean, actually, it wasn't the only movie I've ever it was opening <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, mine, mine was, it was, they had a three o'clock in the afternoon show on the opening Thursday, so I saw it at three in the afternoon, and was told that the theater was as full as it was going to be because they did put restrictions on how many people total can be in the yeah. theater. So, yeah, it was, you know, reasonably crowded. But aside from the one guy de- geeking out over Daredevil showing up, nobody really, you know, talked during the movie in the way that they did from Venom 2 when yeah. I went to see that. Yeah, and, and the theater I went to, like, it's a relatively small theater. Um, and it's not even the biggest, um, it's not even the biggest screening in the, in the theater. It was like, it was like room six of, of Mm. 11. So, (laughs) but yeah, like they, like people had like respectful reactions, you know, like when, when Andrew and Toby came up, there was like cheering for a couple seconds and then they shut up and watched the movie. So it was nice. It, yeah. it was it was like what what you want out of like a an event movie theater experience. It was it was really good. There there was a mm. there was a um there was someone next to me who was very excited and she kept apologizing because <laughs> because she was like talking to herself throughout the whole mm. movie and I was like no it's fine. <laughs> Just like like. Mm. Oh man, he stabbed OG Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw that, like, the second Toby stepped in the way to stop the glider, he's like, he's gonna stab him, isn't he? He's gonna back Yeah. Him. He's gonna stab him. And he did. <laughs> uh, but it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I really like being in theater this one time and probably never again for another two years. <laughs> Mm. You're not gonna go see Morbius. No. Well, I mean, we do have Spider Verse coming oh, late 2022. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to go see that. I don't care if I die. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if everyone dies. I want to see that movie. I I am the person you shouldn't be. <laughs> You're the person the who would stab Norman in the head with a I'm the anti-may. <laughs> and not because he killed your aunt, just because you want to. <laughs> Jade, I will stab you with a glider. And there will be no Tobey Maguire's in the universe who can <laughs> yep. stop me. <laughs> so, okay, I'll just have to find where Tobey Maguire lives and live next to him from now on. <laughs> Uh, remember, remember when I played that game and I I kept hitting the randomize button on a character and it made, turned into somebody who looked like Kirsten Dunst and I called them Durston Kunst. That mm. was fun. Yeah. <sighs> so we good? <laughs> we yeah, no, we've got more than enough episode I, now. We have a uh, no way home's length of episode. Yeah, we need to we need to go for about another twenty minutes because we had an intermission and they didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure how how much that's going to affect the time. Um, 
But if the episode is, because it is almost two and a half hours, we could practically yeah. be a commentary right. track that people can play over No Way Home. <laughs> when we spend the first half of the movie <laughs> talking about, about other movies. <laughs> talking about anything but Spider-Man. Talking about fucking Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. Like, Aunt May's dying Goku on screen when just talking about how Bond blew up while holding a plush rabbit. <laughs> no Way Home. <laughs> Um, Fucking yeah, Daniel I mean, Craig. Spider-Man oh. is fairly mortal as Marvel heroes go. Uh, Although Goku does die a lot. Yeah. So. So he'd, he'd fit perfectly. So, I mean, if Spider-Man gets a good hit with a glider, he might be able to kill <laughs> I want a version of Spider-Man that just, like, has a bunch of gliders. Like, he flies, like, five gliders at once and just keeps stabbing people mm. with them. <laughs> So it would be like like that episode of Spider-Man Animated where there's the Doc Ock Spider-Man, except he's riding on a goblin glider. <laughs> except it's that hobgoblin glider that has a glider within the glider. <laughs> so he can pop off of his glider and shoot the other glider out and hit some. And also he's wearing the Venom suit. He's got like Russian nesting doll gliders all inside of each other. And he's wearing the yeah. Venom suit. Well, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a clone of him right, ne- right next to him. Yeah. Um, and... He has the Doctor Strange mm. cape, and what else? What what other bullshit yeah. can we add to it? Yeah, and then Goku grapples him as he's about to ram the glider into him, so that they ram the glider through both of them. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like Magneto's wife and kid. Yeah, he, he kills him like rabbits. You know, he has to hold him down while the glider impales both of them. <laughs> I want I want to edit a bit of of the scene where like. Uh, Tom Holland's about to bring down the glider it just cuts to Magneto's wife and kid getting shot with an arrow (laughs) (laughs) from Apocalypse (laughs) yeah Uh, I I think our call is cutting out (laughs) because it's been two hours and that's what happens yeah Yeah, it is getting to the yeah. yeah, my phone hates it. Uh, do you have a joke to end on? <laughs> Our call is so messed up. <laughs> okay, how about this? Discord sucks. Uh, <laughs> end of episode. <laughs> the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>